We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 517 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and usually I do my academy updates in the summer and the winter break, because these are kids at the lower levels. Just be patient. Give it a second. But this year, Barcelona went forward with 21 first-teamers and have had a ton of injuries. Oh, and also a bunch of academy kids are really special all at the same time. And since things can change very quickly for 16-year-olds and where they even fit between what used to be the U16s, U18s, U19s, Barca Athletic, first team, you can throw out the U-whatevers because different kids at different ages are all in these different groups and it's impossible to keep track this year. And they're also jumping between the teams and all that stuff. So I felt like it was already appropriate to talk again about La Masia and all the different moving parts of some of these kids that are especially training with the first team. And to help me do this is one of the best on, even though Twitter and X is not the best anymore, one of the best follows on there for the Academy for everything happening at FC Barcelona is Arsene Kvev FCB from Barca Buzz. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And I, I think what we actually want to even start with before we dive into the Academy and, and list players, I think really the true main, main focus of this team is talking about young player minutes as well. Because for the first time in a long time, it seems like a lot of these young players are good enough for the first team. Like, it's not like you're throwing them in because they're needed. They're actually good enough and pushing into the first team. But now Xavi's being questioned with, you only have 21 first teamers, but how do you manage the young players' minutes with the first team? And we really are talking about Lamini Mall here with this first opening question, because between La Liga and the Champions League, he's already played 11 matches, one goal, two assists, already 591 total minutes, almost 600 total minutes already. We're midway through October. And here's the comparison to the last 17-year-old who regularly played around the first team at, as a forward that really turned out to be a star. So not the midfields, not Gabi and Pedri, but the last forward. That was Messi's year 17, and he had 25 total matches and 1,415 minutes. So Lamine Mall is on pace to hit 2,000 minutes, 500 more minutes than what Messi played when he was a year older. The one caveat I'll add, though, is that Messi went down with a muscle injury in March, they kept him out for the rest of the season. As people remember, he did not feature in the 2006 Champions League final because he was out for the rest of the season at that time. So the medium is actually pretty on track to be about at the same point where Messi was when he went down that March in 2006. 
when you say manage minutes, I think we do this a lot. They want to protect the kid and they say that maybe Spain's not doing that by making him fly out to Spanish national camp, getting checked by the REF doctors and sent right back to Catalonia, which was kind of a bit of nonsense for him to do all that travel. But when you hear manage young players minutes with the first team and you're talking about a 16 year old in the mini mall, what, what does that mean to you? Is there a number? Is there like a circumstance? What does that actually mean that Xavi's doing the manage minutes? Well, that's like a quite difficult topic because, you know, Savi already said that, you know, if he doesn't play Lamin, fans complain. But if, if he plays him too much, the fans complain as well. So how do you find that middle ground? Uh, like for Lamine, you have to see how he feels. If he's capable to play, if not, if it's like if he has muscle overload or something like that, like you have to see based on like his feelings as well. Like this topic is quite difficult because like you know, Lamine is he was still also adapting to ju- juvenile A. Like he struggled a bit as well with confidence at at the beginning, but when he took off, he was scoring, assisting, creating chances. While the number is still not showing up for the first team, but they will eventually, you know. Well, you're talking about him last year when he was a 15 year old playing with the U19, yeah. <laughs> which is again like and say the struggle. What did struggle mean? It was him hitting the ground running. And yeah, I agree with you that it's really difficult to say, and it's almost out of a need thing where you hope Rafinha does get healthy, and that's why I said too, where any time that Xavi starts Rafinha or or uh, Ferran Torres instead of Lamini Mall on the right wing, I'm fine with it. Like, I, I can live with that any day. Is Lamini Mall more suited to playing the way that Xavi wants to play over Rafinha? I think we've kind of already answered that to be a yes. But Rafinha is a professional. Rafinha scores goals and picks up assists and is, and is owed a lot of money for the club to be playing at a first-team level. So it's Rafinha or Ferran Torres to me. And if you need Lamini Mall, again, he is good enough. And it's clearly shown he's already... I mean, again, a goal and two assists is... It's little output, sure, for the 11 matches that he's played. But you could see, again, the way he imbalances defenses, the fact that he's already getting doubled on that right side is very telling to me. And then Fermi Lopez is 20. I talked about him extensively about kind of being one of the rare, you know, we're not, we weren't, I wasn't talking about him when he was 14, 15, 16. Like he was good and he was like, had a lot of different abilities. But I really, I did not have him pinned for the first team of FC Barcelona. I had him pinned as a first team professional because I thought he'd make it in a first division, but I didn't have him at 20 with Barca's first team. But so far, it's six first team matches, one Barca athletic match, one goal, 244 total minutes though, which isn't that many, only 244 total minutes. Because you remember, he got a red card, that being the two yells of Barca athletic. So we only played 47 minutes in that match even. But yeah, for Fermi Lopez, I mean, I, I think the fact that Barca have 21 first teamers tells you all you need to know about how, not say how little he'll play, but what his role is going to be. He'll be a first-team bench player. I mean, he might get some minutes the next few weeks, but he's a first-team bench player. And that is difficult, though, for a 20-year-old because it means you're really not playing 90 minutes for Barca Athletic or I know he wouldn't be the U19s, but on loan somewhere else. You're not paying 90 minutes week in and week out at 20 years old. Yeah, for me, it's like he's exceeding expectation, you know, as I said, because despite him like having the technique much better, in the earlier stages than his teammates, but due to like physical development, he was very small, short, like not strong. He struggled a bit like in the later stages of uh, the academy. However, his loan at Leonis helped him a lot to develop 
because you still play at professional level, even though it's for division. Uh, with Linares, he developed muscle mass, physical, his work rate is fantastic as well, even though he showed that glimpse at, at the academy as well. And it just helped him to improve quite a bit. Yeah, I still think he needs to improve a bit of his... I mean, which is totally fair. He's 20 years old. So we saw that last game against Granada, he's got to get up to speed with his pressing. You know, it seems like he was working really hard, but he didn't know necessarily where to work hard to. And it was, it was throwing everybody else out of whack. Like I had said on that second goal, Gabi, it looked like Gabi was trying to step with him, but they stepped in the wrong direction. Like, and, and just those little things, like Gabi and Fermi Lopez were not pressing together the way it should be. And so Gabi's the one who looks like he made the mistake. But people pointed out to me that it was Fermi Lopez who maybe that wasn't where he was supposed to step to when he was supposed to rush the center back. In fact, it was actually, what was it, Ferran Torres who was supposed to come over and, and provide that pressure. Like there was that, that wasn't what the double lied because that meant that there was obviously, it was much easier to, to break through Barcelona lines that way. And those little mistakes that he'll have to learn and, and figure out. So let's transition now into talking, because I do talk a lot about Lamini Mall and Fermi Lopez. So let's transition to talking about all the young players who are either on the Champions League roster. So in theory, if Barcelona do wrap up the group, we could see them make their Champions League debuts this year, or they've gotten called up to the first team bench already. So I'm going to kind of list the names as I'm going down. I'll kind of throw you one question and we'll, we'll go from there. First for the goalkeepers, both Champions League and the Liga under um, Astralaga, two Bars Athletic games on the bench for 10 first team games. Again, He's the third goalkeeper. And then Champions League and the Liga, Diego Cochin, the American kid, dealt with an injury. So not really just getting back up to speed. He's on, been on the bench for three Liga matches this season as well. But yeah, I mean, Cochin is 17. So there's much more, we'll say, potential for him. But Astralaga also the third goalkeeper, Cochin the fourth goalkeeper. And if anything, those are just filling out spots on the bench for Barcelona because they have so few first-team players prepared for this kind of thing. So I don't really have any notes on them unless you want to add anything. But I, I think, again, their needle hasn't moved really other than you hope coaching can get healthy. Yeah, with Andera Stralaga, I can say that like, I understand why he was renewed because despite some hate that he gets from fans because of uh, some mistakes that he co committed in the youth, uh, youth leagues, uh, the problem is with him is that he's a good league uh, goalkeeper, but he sometimes struggles with when he gets under the pressure. So in the knockout st stages, he can be making some mistakes, which is quite similar to Ter Stegen as well, that we have seen last few seasons as well. With Diego Cohen, Cochen, what I can say that last year he was nominated for, for USA Young Player of the Year, but his teammate won it. But he's still like a fantastic player, nice guy as well. So he's a player to look out for in the future as well. Yeah, again, as a goalkeeper being 17 with the age of Ter Stegen, like coaching would be timeline-wise the guy that I look more to to say, oh, okay, maybe he will be a backup or... You know, again, very rarely does a starter come. I mean, but Victor Valdez was the one who kind of set that model that you can get a starter from the academy, but goalkeeping is all about timing and being ready for that moment. Like even Estralaga, like he's not really playing at all because Mark Vidal is the goalkeeper for Barca Athletic. And then um, Jakub Bazili has been, we'll get to him, but he's been the UEFA Youth League goalkeeper as well. So Estralaga is kind of stuck in, in, when I say no man's land, I mean, just mean on the bench. Now, speaking of kind of no man's land, Mark... Casado is a player that people in my YouTube comments, especially will ask 
why is why are we not seeing him in the first team? And I think that's this is the first time I think we're even a, a player, and I'm I'm asking a, a direct question because he went the full ninety as a captain in four Barca athletic matches because he is their captain. But then he was on the bench for the first five of the Liga matches of the season and the two Champions League matches. And again, now he's been with Barca Athletic since that time. And now with the most recent injury as well, just another one. Well, we thought with Gabi, you'd see Casado, but Gabi was just a knock and he'll be back with Spain. But yeah, I mean, that would be the question I would say that Mark Casado, captain for Barca Athletic, still 19 years old or, or just turned 20, whatever it is, uh, right there, 19, 20. Why haven't we seen him for the first team? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, it always depends on the profiles. For me, I'm a big fan of Mark since his preseason at Barcelona B because I'm a big fan of those intelligent players who positions the sums nicely. And when you watch the ball, you don't see like Casado influence at all. But but when you focus on him, how he scans, how he positions himself, for me, it was incredible. And I <laughs> fell in love with him. And the problem is with Mark Casado is his physique. Because for Barcelona's pivots, you have to be tall. Romero, Busquets... Even those like who are at Barca Athletic, Nico Gonzalez was also a, a pivot because of his physique. Even Mark Bernal also a physique, mostly due to aerial duels to windows. And that's mostly like the main point why Marcus Sarr is not playing as a pivot. Because he's still a fantastic pivot. Like he's ball winning midfielder as well. So it's like he constantly like looks to win balls and everything. The main issues again, physique. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with that with seeing him too. I think that's I, I agree with that point where I, I think he could be an interior. He actually reminds me of oh man, Real Valladolid. the lead. He was with the Barca Barca B for a few years ago. Manchu. Manchu. There we go. Thank you. So yeah, he actually reminds me quite a bit of Manchu. Like Manchu's last year was Barca Athletic. Now Manchu at that time I think was twenty one. His last year was Barca, Barca B at the time, so he's a bit older than than what uh, than what Casado is now. But that's a player that that's kind of what Casado reminds me of. Like I know people really like him, and I think he's a good enough player to be a first teamer in the league. Like, and that's why I said, like, it's not a if it, what we are seeing is first team potential, but is a first team potential at FC Barcelona. I'm going to go through the rest of these lists, and to your point, I think the answer is ultimately no. And what can he provide this season? Maybe one or two matches, you know, and. It's also telling to me that he was registered as a defender in the Champions League because I think Xavi does see his utility as a backup, backup right back. 
I mean, even when he was registered in Champions League, we didn't really still know what the deal with Cancelo was truly going to be, even though he was able to be registered. So, yeah, I, I, I think that Xavi does see him as a useful player and with a lot of experience for Barca Athletic as well, who is still yeah, a teenager, but he has some utility. Now, the other end of the spectrum, no disrespect to, to Marc Casado, but there's a 16-year-old who was registered for the Champions League and has been on the bench now twice in the Liga against Villarreal and Osasuna and has started t- four times for Barca Athletic and played the full 90 in UEFA Youth League against Porto. Pau Gubarsi at 16 years old. This kid, he's not that tall, so he's only Eric Garcia tall, which would be my one concern, I'll say that. However, this guy on the ball, his timing, I mean, he truly looks like Andres Christensen already. Like, that is who he's reminding me of, like, immediately. Like, I see Pau Gubarsi, the decisions he's making, and... He, I think he has the potential, certainly, and maybe at the level he's playing at, when you say the UEFA Youth League, his ball-playing ability is already at better than what Christensen's might have been when I saw him with Chelsea's Youth League team. I'm dating myself, but anyway, <laughs> when I saw well, a few years ago when I saw Christensen playing for Chelsea's Youth League team, I think Kubarshi at 16 is already potentially better at playing a ball than, than that. And I don't want to kind of pigeonhole him to that comparison, but I don't see a weakness in his game. And if he grows, again, he's 16. If he grows an inch or two, I mean, Kubarsi is, to me, as I said before, other than Mark Muniesa, who was 17, already getting hold of the first team, and Mark Barter was a pretty big center-back prospect as well, but not till he was like 20 years old. But Kubarsi is the, the youngest and best center-back prospect I've seen in the academy in a long time. Yeah, he definitely is. Like He's one of the best center-backs that like we have seen because... Usually we don't see those like physical, strong centre-backs because the main point of the centre-back is to be ball-playing. And usually at the youth academy, centre-backs don't defend at all because you have the, the possession almost like 80% of the yeah. time. So <laughs> most of the defending almost done like by midfielders and forwards mm-hmm. or just by mistake by opposition. So, and recently there's more and more physical centre-backs that we see through coming through the academy and we're going to see more because there's a few other very talented centre-backs but they're still quite young, still developing. So, But yeah, Pauco Barsi definitely is one to watch as even Xavi said that he's one for the future in a few months ago when his contract renewal was still not done. <laughs> well, I think he certainly was a priority for that contract renewal. And yeah, the other thing I would say about but I mean, center back is really difficult to give them time. Like again, because one mistake defines your like you can't destroy the confidence of a sixteen year old by throwing him in a position that not say he's not even ready for, but he makes a mistake, and those mistakes for a, a young center back like that is tenfold compared to a winger losing the ball seventy yards from his own goal, and it's just a totally different thing. But to me, yeah, to me, it's like I hear a lot about Kubarsi from accounts like yours since for the last year or two, and this is the first real year with the youth league and with Barca Athletic that I'm able to watch him regularly. And to me, I've just been, it's been the, the first, these last two months have been nice to say like, oh, he's 16, but he's, you guys are right. <laughs> like he is, he is the real deal here. This kid, he just looks better than everybody else on the field. And he, he's 16 years old, which again, number wise, I can't, I just keep saying the age is incredible to me. Next guy, Alice Garrido, still a teenager, still just 19. Unfortunately for him, four Barca athletic matches, one goal, but he got hurt at the end of September. So he's hurt again. Injuries have been an issue for him. And what, is needed for him if he's ever going to be a part of the first team. Like, I know he's like right on that, that cusp of the attacking midfielders or can play wing. He could play interior. Like he could play in multiple positions between midfield and the wings. 
that make him useful and versatile. And that's why I think Xavi put him on the bench sometimes and he made his debut last year. But what's missing for him to really ascend to being a first-team player? Well, for me, with Alex, uh, what I can say that the main weakness is, again, physique, because he's not strong. He sometimes, like at the professional level, can get bullied off the ball, despite having low central gra- uh, center of gravity. But with the ball, he's another very fantastic player. He was among uh, the top assisters for Juvenil A last season. Was very important in uh, UFA Youth League as well. Well, he's a fantastic, fantastic interior, but again, for professional level, you still have to develop even physically, just like we saw with Fermin Lopez. Gavi doesn't have the physique, but he's that, uh, let's say, guardian of the midfield, always fighting for balls, no matter what, no matter who it is. With Alex, he doesn't have that, so he needs to find a different way to be able to find the top level to play at the top level. So, yeah. Yeah, it's tough too, because I think you're starting to say, like, there's only so many minutes of the first team level, even with 21 first teamers and things. And so you begin to say, is Alex Godito better than Fermin Lopez? Not at the moment. I mean, he's a year younger, but not at the moment. Is he better than Unai Hernandez, who we can talk about really quickly here next? Unai Hernandez was named to the bench for Real Betis. He's only 18 years old, so he's younger than Alex Godito as well. Five Vars athletic games, one goal, one assist. And as an attacking midfielder, which is what both of them are, they are really like, again, winger, high interior, hybrid type things. Is Alex Guido better than Unai Hernandez or even Unai Hernandez's potential being a year or two younger? And I mean, I think those are the questions that you begin to ask where you go, well, Xavi can only take, you know, one of these other kids to fill out the bench at one time. And I think that becomes very difficult. That was kind of a, a rhetorical question about the two of them, because the two next guys I want to talk about are the other two guys that were just named to the Liga bench that are kind of, let's say, very different, but they are four years apart, which is a crazy way to bring that to you because Paul Victor is 21 years old. And the other guy I'm about to talk about is four years younger than him. But Paul Victor, 21-year-old, on loan from Girona with a purchase option, six Barca athletic games, four goals, one assist, and he was on the bench for Granada. And then Mark G started two UEFA Youth League games, had a goal in, in the Porto game. He was on the bench for Granada as well. He had eight total minutes so far for Barca Athletic, but is mainly playing for the U19s. And again, he is still 17 for two more months. He doesn't even turn 18 until December. I, I mean, it's it's different, right? Because Paul Victor seems like a really good piece of business for Barca Athletic if they choose to buy him and, and, and kind of just have an option of a player who can score goals in the third division for, for Rafa Marquez. And then Mark G, I wouldn't say he's like top, top, top shelf center forward prospects. In world football, but I can also tell you that it, those it doesn't ma- like th- it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the top 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 forward prospects like it's not a thing. It's not it doesn't it doesn't happen. Like Vita Roque would technically be the other like that kid would be the top 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 prospect. Like Endrick was a top 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 prospect for Real Madrid and, and still is. Like, but Mark G, I could say he's like in that next tier. Of, I mean, he's doing it for Spain youth teams. He's doing it at at you know what I mean at those international competitions. He's doing it for the U19s. And he's 17 and he's about to be 18. So as far as who's more useful though for Xavi would be my question. Like if you see one of them making their debut in the Liga, which one do you think Xavi goes with? Ooh, 
tough question because Pav Victor and Margie are like completely two different forwards because exactly. Margie is a typical number nine that the, that is fish, finisher phys, your physical appearance in the box and Pav Victory he mostly played for Barça Athletic uh, at the left wing so there so it depends on the game and what do you require but having two different players as strikers uh, forwards is always useful you know and the versatility of Paul Victor is also quite good because of the ball he's very nice, very good behind running always running behind the defenders looking for space combining with teammates while Margus is like looking for space to finish off the ball basically to find that goal So also he's strong in the air because well it's usually uh, like uh, unexpected for Barcelona, Barcelona to produce a uh, like typical number nine because usually we got used to false nines usually mm -hmm. played at at the academy but in recent years again there's more and more like those physical appearance in the academy academy Margi Oscar Gistau as well the mm -hmm. tall finisher as well but with better technique as well. So, yeah, but for Xavi, I think he would prefer Paul Victor than Margie. Yeah, I mean, I'll repeat what I said of Granada too, because people were like, why didn't those two kids come in late in the game? And, well, the thing I'll say is that, especially when you're trailing in a game like that against Granada, and then when you're searching for the winner like that, you don't throw a 17-year-old up top <laughs> and just kind of expect the best and then ask him to do things that are beyond what, the expectations would be for him. Like, I mean, that's especially for forwards, their job is, is so result-based that if they score a goal, they're praised. If they do the thing that leads to the thing, then they're praised. And if not, they're like, why were they out there? And yeah, it just, it wasn't the right situation. So I wouldn't, I can expect him to see if Barca go up three, nothing or whatever. Like you, you throw the kid out there. Let's head down to Barca athletic. because I think Pau Victor and, and Mark are kind of a good transition for that. Mika Faye, an update on him. He started five matches at left center back for Barca athletic. I feel like I don't have like much new on him. Like we knew that, not even knew that there were questions. I think on how quick he'd adapt. What I will say is, in two months, I think he's adapted. There was almost no adaptation. That's what I want to say. There was almost no adaptation period for him. I think I was like, oh, second division in Croatia, having come from academy in Senegal. Like, how quickly is it going to take him to get caught up to even the third division of Spanish football? And the answer is zero minutes. Like he is just so fast. So strong already, still a teenager, but so strong, so fast, really good with the ball, left-footed. So the third division players were like, oh my God, a left-footed center back. <laughs> What am I going to do with him? <laughs> and uh, so he, he's got those things figured out. And Mika Faye, I feel like it's fair for him not to have been named to the Champions League roster. But like, this is a kid that's going to do preseason with the first team next year. Easy, like easy. Like he's going to definitely do preseason and we'll see how many minutes he can get. And what has now become a very crowded center back pool. Yeah, definitely. I expect uh, for him to be included in the first team preseason next season as well. So for me, to be honest, it wasn't a big surprise of the level of Mika Faya because I knew ab about him a little bit at the Croatian second division. So when right, we got right. that from... Oh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> because when we got that Fabrizio Romano, here we go. I, I went crazy on Twitter. I said like, <laughs> wow incredible or something over those lines so so i heard about him quite a bit before the 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 all the hype from barcelona fans and everything so for me it's not not a big surprise that he has that physical appearance like ability 
technique, speed, tackling, defending, you know, and everything. So, but still making that jump from Croatia to Spain is still difficult, you know, and he has done a fantastic job at adapting, even without the adaptation period compared to someone like Noah, who still struggles a bit. But of course, it's understandable because new country, new city, new people, new language, you know, not everyone can do it, but Mika fa- done a fantastic job so far. Yeah, so you actually just mentioned another player we were just back, about to bring up, the, the German wonderkind Noah Darvich, who was kind of, we'll say, the big signing for the academy over the summer because he was highly touted coming over from Freiburg. He's played four Barca athletic matches, two UEFA Youth League games, and he's been on the bench for two Barca athletic matches as well. Well, he didn't play. He didn't get off the bench. So he hasn't really played that many minutes yet so far. And I think it's the opposite. You'd think that Noah Darvitz for just highly touted where you were wondering if he had stayed at Freiburg or had renewed with them, he might have been on the bench for first team games for Freiburg this season and maybe pushing into their right on the, the peripheral of their first team. And for Darvitz, yes, certainly the adaptation period has been the talent is there. The technique is there. But I think even in the UEFA Youth League, to me, what I wrote in my notes after watching the UEFA Youth League game was chemistry. Like, it just doesn't seem like he's ever played with his teammates. Or to your point, the language thing, he's 16. He may physically not know how to communicate with them yet. Like, he he's from Germany. Like, there's a very high chance he doesn't just speak Spanish. Like, he, he probably knows, like, he can speak in German. In English, I'm I'm not sure what other languages he might know based on his, his background, but like at minimum he he can get through those two languages and he might not speak Spanish. So and some of these kids might only, especially his teammates in the academy, might only also be like fluent in Catalan and also speak Spanish, but like they might be colloquially speaking Catalan as well. So it's like the language thing for me certainly is like hundred percent. If you're a midfielder who's expected to be at the center of everything, you've got to talk to everybody and really be the focus and the engine of everything. So I, for Noah Darvich, not to say it's it, like we're already saying like, oh, Kubarsi and Faye and they, they don't look out of place at all. But for Darvich, I, I'm totally willing not to give a report card for him until the summertime because I, I want to give him a full year. Because again, as, as highly touted as he was, he's high talented as a 16-year-old though. I, I take you back a few seasons ago even when we're going to talk about Danny Rodriguez in a second. But like when Danny Rodriguez came in, I think he was 14 or 15 from Real Sociedad, one of the two. But when he came in, like he was like, a name. They're like, oh, he's one of the big jewels of the Spanish youth systems or whatever. Again, he's coming from Spain. And you, you wonder, oh, what's the adaptation period? And you got to give these kids a second. Like, this, the kid is 16 years old. Okay, for a player that pleasantly surprised me here next, Hector Fort, the right back, who did struggle a bit last season. And I was wondering if Barca Athletic was going to be too high a level for him to start. He is still 17, I believe, or turning 18. But he's played in seven Barca Athletic matches. He's got one goal and he's played in one UEFA Youth League game. And I think very much like Alejandro Balde, like he has bounced back really well. And I'm stuck with two minds with him where Barca would love to just be able to have a right back. Like I know they have Julian Araujo out there and he's still just 22 playing for Las Palmas and doing well. But if you have a right back of the future ready for like next season or the year after at 18, 19 for Hector Fort, that would be really useful. And my question for you about Hector Fort is, Am I gonna? Am I accidentally looping, lumping him in with Kubarsi, and maybe we'll talk about Pernal and Prim in a second? But am I accidentally lumping him in with the other ones that I do see have first team potential, or do you think he's that second tier down of players that might have first team potential, like as we said, like Unai Hernandez or Mark Casado, or do you think he's actually in that 
elite, like 16 year old, not Lamine Mall, but you know what I'm saying? Like that, that group of Paul Gabarsi and even if I, and ones, I mean, even again, Nova Darvich on paper, we're saying like those kids certainly should have the potential to maybe make the first team. Yeah. Well, for me, the factor Ford is like uh, a very interesting story because uh, for me, mostly I remember playing him as a center back for cadet a, and then when he was promoted, he was, even though he was still was playing a few games at right back uh, with, with under 16s, but most of the, when he was promoted, he, with juvenile A, he was playing at right back. And now, even though he didn't have the best Euro under 17 with Spain, but under with Barca Athletic, he has been fantastic so far. And for me, he's a bit below Paul Kubarsi in potential because there's still a, like a lot of issues he needs to fix. But he's still young, you know, he needs to work with Rafa Marquez and I think he will be at least have the potential to enter first team in the future because uh, with, with his concentration, he needs to work a bit with that mostly. But despite that, he showed that he has the work ethic and everything to make it, you know. Yeah, he's a 17-year-old, as you just said, who's in year two of a new position. I know they're similar, center back and right back, but it's year two of a new position. And he's already playing in a third division, at, again, at 17. So again, it's just like the rest of them are breaking our, our brains as to how fast you want to push them forward. So Hector Fort, yeah, I said, but it's also about timing too. So like timing-wise, I mean, if he really gets it together you're a year or two away from Barca saying, okay, I mean, maybe you do have more potential than Julian Araujo, or we don't have to go out and buy another fullback. So that, doesn't, that does seem to be what the club wants to do. Now, speaking of high potential, let's talk about the defensive midfielder position or the pivot position. Mark Bernal is 16 years old. Pau Prim is 17. Bernal came, not to say out of nowhere, but he did because he was 15 the year before and he played for the, the U16. So of course, I'm not covering him or worrying about him or he played for, even played, yeah, he played for Cadet Bay for a lot last season too. And then, you know, also moving that ah, so he's playing for the U16. So I, I wasn't like he wasn't on my radar. Those, those are literally children. I mean, these are all children, but I mean, we're talking like children, children playing against other children. But yet, Mark Bernal is now the starting pivot for Barca Athletic. He has played five games already, has an assist, also was the pivot. This is the telling thing to me. They're a year apart. Bernal is 16, and Pau Prem feels like he's over it. He's still 17. He's still the pivot or defensive midfielder of the future too. But it was telling to me that. Pau Prem plays as the interior on the right side, and he did drop in as a double pivot quite a bit and collect the ball. But Prem was, when when Barca were attacking moving forward, it was Bernal as the pivot and Prem as the, the the deeper interior. Think think Romeo and Gundogan, actually, in the last game. That's kind of what we saw with that, with Prem being Gundogan in that situation. But then Prem has played two UEFA Youth League games, four Barca Athletic matches for 25 minutes. So 25 Barca Athletic minutes for Pau Prem. And again, five games for, for Mark Bernal. And Bernal was one of those where over the summer, just like you, I had to do my homework. I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, this kid not only is in Barca Athletic, but is 16, another 16-year-old is going to play for Rafa Marquez. I had to get caught up. And I mean, physically, the tools are there. He's, he's tall. He turns quickly on the ball. He's a really good technical player. The only thing I saw from the UA Youth League would be, and why I say why you're not seeing him around Javi's first team yet this season, I think... He has the potential. So to this point, Oro Romeo, I've been getting on him because he's not spraying those diagonal balls. It's like, it's not coming quick enough. It's just, it's not happening. Bernal can do that. 
the timing, like it, you're, <laughs> the expectation is that it's very much like Albin is crossing. Sergio Busquets and those like long balls or diagonal battles out to the wings have completely broken my brain as to what to expect. And I think for Bernal, the potential is there to hit those passes. He just has to continue to speed up. How fast can he make these choices and decisions? But he makes the right ones. And I think that, again, is always key to me. Are you making the right choices? And then how fast are those happening? And I think he's making the right choices. And he just has to speed up how fast he's making them because he's doing the right things. And yeah, I mean, what are you liking about Bernal so far? And as far as Pau Premium Mark Bernal, have you, has your mind kind of changed as to... I mean, clearly the club has shown you who they're kind of, you know, who they put their horses behind already. Yeah, with Mark Bernal, his situation kind of reminds me of Nico because both of them started as attacking-minded midfielders, uh, scoring goals and everything. Because Mark, for cadet teams, for the B and A, was constantly scoring goals. Like, he was one of the top scorers for cadet B, also top scorer for cadet A last season as well. And, like, his main point as a midfielder was to carry the ball forward and then score or basically winning aerials and then score headers. And last season, I think it was the first season when he was converted into a pivot full-time. So, at first, you can see that he was, like, not very comfortable playing at pivot, sometimes lazy, not understanding his positions perfectly, like the positioning as well was but Mar Rafa Marquez has done a fantastic job teaching him like those stuff as well so combining that with his physique ability on the ball and everything he has become like the, the the best next pivot in the academy even though most of the people saw him as an interior or attacking midfielder because of his ab ability on scoring with Pau Prim he's like completely different <laughs> pivot as well because he's two-footed well, technique-wise, I think Power Prime would be better than uh, Bernal. But Power Prime has also his issues too, that he needs to fix concentration, that he like made a mistake in the youth league as well. But again, it's like you have to learn from mistakes and develop further. That's why you play at the, the academy and everything. Yeah, so, so Power Prime actually reminds me of um, Sergi Semper when he was 16, 17. Remember, his injuries didn't really start until like 18, 19. He was trying to get in the first team. But that he does remind me a bit more of, of, of the Sergi Semper, which for people who don't remember, he was tactically just very smart, very controlled. The ball kind of just flowed horizontally from side to side through him. And then defensively, that's kind of where some of the issues happen with Power Prime's positioning. And Bernal has the physical tools, I think, to make up space a bit better than Prem does and, and close down counters a little bit better. And even just those tactical fouls, it seems like Bernal has that skill set a bit better than Prem. Prem seemed to me, he just seems to be a step behind anyway for youth league when the ball is turned over and things like that. And I think learning positioning as well, like the, it's little things like that, like to be prepared to where you need to be in that rest defense. And I think then the argument really becomes, you know, it's not really an argument. It's that which one will continue to improve. It seems like for Bernal, yeah, it's things like you question, can you improve your technique? Can you improve, again, how quick you make a decision, even if you're making the right one? Or how is that possible? And then for Prem, it's like, can you change some of your physical tools by being better prepared for certain situations? Um, that would, would be my argument. But all right, so let's finish up our stuff. I keep this moving. Pacho Roman has played five matches and two assists 
for Barca Athletic. He is still just 19, the right winger from Argentina. And then Mamadou Fall is not played yet because of bureaucratic issues and paperwork and all that nonsense. So Mamadou Fall, this is tough. You were in the middle of October here. He's on loan. It's like a 7 million euro buy option. Like the guy's going to have to play. And I said, it is just crowded with Faye now and Kubarsi and the center backs at the top first team level. Like there's just a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of guys that are now in front of him and he's got to play. So I don't really have notes on that. Pacho Roman to me seems, he, you know, this year, I, I think he's, he's a step down from Astana Spadola. Like I don't, I think Spadola was, or Astana was like a better player. I don't really see Pacho Roman making many appearances for the first team, but I think there's a way, but you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Carlos Perez at that same level in the same kind of way. And I think to me, Pacho Roman is good enough to be a first teamer somewhere, whether that's Italy. Again, he is Argentine. So, the connections there make sense to me. It went in Italy or Spain. I think there's a first team level for him in the next two years, but it's good to see he's at least like kind of figuring things out and being useful for Marquez. Yeah, with Pocho, he barely played last season, even though he scored a goal, then he barely played after <laughs> after that. Uh, so yeah, with Pocho, it's sad that he got injured while getting into the rhythm of playing games, actually be important for the team because this season has been been like he has done well for himself picking up two assists almost similar ones scoring uh, with Paul Victor scoring both goals and in a similar way it, it was crazy because it was literally copy pasted the goal from both of them uh yeah it's but regarding Mamba Dufal it's kind of sad that he's still not playing despite it being already middle of October but the expectations around everything that he should be available in the coming weeks or so so yeah yeah, yeah, so hopefully he hits the ground running and, and we see what happens. And I mean, that's even a tough question for Rafa Marquez, right? Do you start Kubarsi? Do you start Faye? Do you start Mamadou? Like, fall? Like, yeah, who do you start? That's <laughs> two of the three. Now down to the UEFA Youth League here. Speaking of right wingers, I'm excited about, though. No offense to Ramon. But Danny Rodriguez, two Barca athletic matches for 36 minutes. So still kind of getting his feet wet at that level. But in the UEFA Youth League, that then those two matches, one goal, one assist, playing all 180 minutes, sure. Turned 18 in August, but... He's tough because I do actually put him in that Hector Fort camp where I'm watching that UEFA Youth League. And I know it doesn't matter because Romario Barro, who actually just played for Porto, was arguably the best player for Porto the year they won it. So you can't, it's not the be all and end all at that level, but he's by far been the best player in both of those games. Like he is the guy that something is going to happen with the ball at his feet on that right wing. And it's difficult to translate your abilities from the U19s up to the first team stuff, sure. But I think Danny Rodriguez, I don't want to speak. I'm like going back through our list, but <laughs> going back to our list, I feel like Danny Rodriguez is the, I think he's the winger with the highest potential and closest to the first team of all these players. Like, even if it's not now, again, he just turned 18, but I think just projecting out to me, he's a winger with the highest potential in the Academy at the moment. And to me, I didn't want to put too much on him, but he's been as good as advertised the first two months. Yeah, with Dani Rodriguez, it's a funny story because when he came to Barcelona from Real Sociedad Academy, he was an interior, uh, basically, and he was incredible from the first time he joined the team. He was assisting, creating chances, scoring, and creating that uh, partnership with now Real Madrid player Iker Bravo. Those two were unstoppable for Cadet. Uh, the problem with Dani Rodriguez, for me, I see him with more potential as an in, like as an interior because he's still struggling at the wing positions. 
But again, I can still wa- see why the coaches preferred him at the wing uh, rather than at the interior because of his defensive likeness. Let's say that like he doesn't strike a lot from the midfield, loses ball sometimes as he tries to do too much. But he has been fantastic for, at the for Barcelona under 19 so far. Yeah, and then uh, also for the Barca uh, UEFA Youth League, as I mentioned, Jakob Zvili has been the the keeper in net. I, I yeah, I've known it's on. He's just been he's been good. He's been a good goalkeeper. He's I think he's eighteen or seventeen or seventeen or eighteen somewhere around there. So yep, just fine. And then unfortunately, Alvaro Cortez went down. He was I thought he had a good UEFA Youth League center back next to Kubarsi pairing with him. He's out for the year. That is unfortunate for him, but hopefully he can come back next season. And then the other kind of name that we're just going to talk about individually before I throw the rest of the names at you. <laughs> the one kid is training with the first team today. Just turned 15 in June. Again, I, I don't want to do this. He's 15. I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> he just turned 15 in June and Xavi believes in him and is calling up first team camp. So, I mean, first team training. So that's why I have to talk about him. Blame Xavi, not me. Guy Fernandez has played 31 minutes in the UEFA Youth League. He's playing with the U19s. This kid is, I mean, you look at him and he doesn't look, physically, he doesn't look 15. And when I saw him in the for Youth League, just for those 31 minutes, I mentioned it. Like, I'm not trying to overhype this kid, but there's those players in this game that when they receive the ball, you just, you get it. You know it. They turn the way they're supposed to turn. They, they find their way out of pressure. They don't lose the ball. And it just seems like when they have the ball to their feet, something is going to happen. And this kid is that. I mean, this, like... Again, I don't want to overhype this kid. I want to be cautious with it. He is 15. So I can't tell you when he'll be in the first team or when he'll make his first team debut or whatever. Again, he's not playing with Barca Athletic at all yet. He's playing with the U19 at 15. He just turned 15 in June. Again, he's not 16 until next June. So he can't even like feature for the first team again until next June. He, I mean, potentially, physically, he can be around the team. But like, you don't really see kids get thrown in until they're 16 even. And Barca waited on the minimal all to be 16. So yeah, Guy Fernandez, I mean, again, another one of those players that over the summertime, I put him in the academy, in the academy update, I even featured him. He's like the first 15 year old that I featured. And I was nervous about it because he just turned 15. I'm like, but hey, this kid is, they're saying this kid's like the next kid. So I'm mentioning him now, but through two months, I'm mentioning him again, because now that I've seen him, even anyway for youth league, which is four years older players than who, uh, than he is. And yet he just he looks like he, he he looks like he knows exactly what's happening, exactly what he needs to do. And physically already, like he's like taller than the rest of them, looks stronger than the rest of them. And to, when genetics needs talent like that, they're not too young. And 15 is still too young. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I get I get flustered with these kind of players. Yeah, yeah. Gile, like who follow La Masia, you know that he was like the next next back, back, big thing after Lamina Yamal. Also following the footsteps of the winger, getting promoted from infantile A straight to cadet A, jumping categories, and then again jumping from cadet A to juvenile A. So that's like two promotions right after another that you're playing above the category, you know. So, so yeah, yeah one well, on the continent that's U14 to U16 to U19. That's going yeah. from playing against 14-year-olds to playing against 19-year-olds in two years. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Well, with his physique, it it helps a, a bit, you know? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And with the ball, he's also fantastic uh, with his ability and everything, how he sees the game. 
how he protects the ball, how he tries to combine with other players, how to, he tries to speed up. As you mentioned, when, whenever he has the ball, you think that something might happen, you know, can happen. And yeah, well, with Gilles is also a funny story that uh, I managed to talk to him a bit about like, uh, get like a bit of questions about his personal stuff. So let's say that uh, he admires Pedro a lot from Barcelona. So he tries sometimes to replicate what Pedro does for the first team. So, yeah. Well, I will say the places that he set himself up for the youth league in that high right interior spot, I, I'm not comparing him to Pedri, but like positionally, you can see where some of those influences might have come from for sure. All right, so finishing up the youth league talk, and then we're almost out of here. There were some unheralded players who I haven't really mentioned on the updates or anything like that who maybe get could get some more attention because again, like it for these kids, it really is competition with each other, but against each other as well. Like there's only so many spots and different players. Not every player can be playing two or three levels up. Only one or two get to play the two or three levels up, but. For the players kind of at the U19 level is kind of what we're talking about here in the UEFA Youth League. Cristo Munoz, Andres, uh, who's a, uh, I want to say an interior. He is a right or left interior. Andres Cuenca, who is the UEFA Youth League center back now that Cortes has gone down and Kubarsi, his partner. Danny Avila, who is kind of the other pivot behind Prem and Bernal, a defensive midfielder, can also play center back. Albert Navarro is the left back for the UEFA Youth League team. And then Alexis Almeido is kind of a center back, right back situation as a backup there. And then the captain for the UEFA Youth League is Neil Cardero, who is a right winger. Of those names that I threw at you, and I gave you the position as well, which one kind of jumps out to you as a player that, again, we weren't really talking about, that isn't really on anybody's radars yet, but could be by the end of the year? Well, one of them is definitely Andres Cuenca. Well, he made another, also one of the promotions who got promoted from under 16 straight to under 19. Mm-hmm. Also left-footed, good uh, with the ball, amazing Kevin. Like he also created an assist in the youth league, if I remember correctly. So he's definitely one of those to keep an eye on. And uh, for me, like very underrated winger because he always performs, always creates scores for his teams is Neil Caldero because usually like people don't talk about it, but the way he contributes to the team is under, underappreciated by the fans a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Neil Caldero. Yeah. I, I think he's just a sturdy right winger. I'm not sure what his ceiling is. I think he's, I mean, even he might be 17 or 18 or whatever he is too. All right. So last little thing here before we go, we, there's only so many names I can throw at you, but though I have just a few here, you know, if we haven't gone too long, we can worry about, you know, these other names here that you want to mention that I had as honorable mentions in the La Masia summer update. Cause when, with how many talented players there are and with 16 year olds and 15 year olds already in the first team, I don't need to worry too much about cadet on the U 16s, right? Like if you're at that level, then there's a lot of players, even your age that are already kind of above you on the depth chart. But there's a few other names here that I, I want to hit real quick. Kim Juniet. The interior, he's playing for the U16s. He's a, I believe he's a right interior. Oscar uh, Gastau, you already mentioned, center forward, uh, scoring goals already. And then Pedro Fernandez, who I think is only 14 years old, which again, just absurd that we're doing this. But yeah, just a little thing on each of those players, because it seems like there are three names that the stock could rise very quickly for the three of them. 
Yeah, definitely. With Quim, uh, I would say invest in Quim as, as fast as possible because he was promoted to Juvenil uh, B officially, but he is already playing with the under-19 team. So, yeah, he That's will be 15, quite... right? Is he, he's Sorry? 15 or 16, maybe? 15 16. or 16? 16. 16, yeah. So, yeah. With Oscar Gustav, he also was play, playing with players older than him. So another like striker together with Tony Fernandez also. They played together for the nine, number nine position. So those are like the strikers that scoring goals for Juvenil B. And with Pedro Fernandez, he's Spain international under 15s. Uh, very interesting player to You can enjoy him in the future as well. So. Those are the players to keep an eye in the future as well. For sure. Uh, and then the last two, I do get questions about Nico Takahashi, the 18-year-old Japanese left back, and then Zhao Mendez, the son of Orlandino. It seems like those two players are just kind of at the level they're at. I mean, they're not like, not saying they're not special, but they're not also like, there's nothing wrong with them. Like Zhao Mendez is just, he's fine. Like he's, he's just at the level. He's a rotation piece for, I believe, the U18s and Niko Takahashi is at the U19 level, the U18 level. You can fill me in on that. But yeah, I mean, I, I think because of the nature of their names, people kind of want to bring them up, but I don't find them to be... I, I mean, I, I think they're just at the level that they're at, and that's totally fine. Well, with Nico, he was considered quite a big talent for the left-back positions, also plays constantly for the Japan under-20s. However, I think he's now injured. That's why he's not playing right now. With how Mendes, let's say, I uh, haven't seen enough of him because he barely played official games or even friendlies. So I think he played a few minutes last game after he replaced injured Alvaro Cortez. But so far, let's say that I haven't been impressed with how Mendes, but we still need to see more of him with the under-19s. Yeah, I mean, like... Not to say that defending him or at all, but like again, he's a U18s player. Like it's not like he was given a first team spot or he didn't cost a million euros, whatever it was. He's a Juvenile Bay player, and he very much like players who again coming from different places. He likely doesn't speak, Sp- and he might speak Spanish because of his dad. So that's the only thing. Like he might actually be able to speak Spanish already because of Ronaldinho, but he could also just been he grew up in Brazil, so there's a chance that he's not. He's it's an adaptation period for him as well. But again, he wasn't a huge prospect out of Brazil. It's just. You do goodwill for your ambassadors and whatever. Nepotism exists. I don't know. I don't care about that. So <laughs> anyway, anyway, the, the, the thing I do care about, though, is where people can find you, follow along with your work, and make sure they get those awesome Lamasi updates. So you can find me on Twitter, FCB, also on Instagram, the same handle, and on YouTube, where you can find the YouTube compilations of the players on the season highlights or some matches. Also, you can watch Barca Athletic live on my YouTube channel. Yeah, so doing 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 the good work that uh, is needed to help people like me fill everything in so we can have these conversations. So it was a delight to have you. Uh, we'll have you back. I don't know if these kids keep playing as well as they are and Xavi keeps bringing them up, then <laughs> we'll have you back sooner than later. <laughs> but, uh, but if not, yeah, we'll, we'll keep in touch. And it was a pleasure having you. Um, again, follow his stuff down in the show notes or in the YouTube description, and you can follow along with him for all those updates. And then us at the Barcelona Pod, everywhere you find us, in or the Barcelona Podcast, one of the two, everywhere you can find us on all those different channels and platforms as well, as well as the Patreon and 
the merch store, all that stuff. Most importantly, though, thanks for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Of course, Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.